0: This is the Bob Olin Show on KDAL. And away we go on a Tuesday, the 28th of February. Good morning, Bob. Well, good morning, Dave. What a gorgeous
1: day this one is. Yeah.
0: Guess what tomorrow is. I know it's the first of March. There you go. That's what it is. A brand new month. We're getting closer (laughs) to spring
1: every day. Boy, we really are, and obviously that's the spring equinox coming about the 21st, three weeks away, and boy, the days are getting longer, Dave. You track that for us. What's sunrise and sunset again about?
0: Uh, This morning it was up at 6.51. It won't set until 5.53 this evening.
1: Boy, the days just get longer in a hurry, don't they? Yeah, they certainly do. Uh, That's kind of exciting. A little more snow in the forecast for tomorrow, but a little south of the Twin Ports, maybe uh, Spear may get some. What do you say, Dave?
0: Yeah, a little more possibly two hours south than what we're getting, but still only around, you know, inch or three, but uh, not a storm by any means. But they do have a winter weather advisory up for many sections of uh, northern Wisconsin and uh, central Minnesota tomorrow.
1: Yeah, it's kind of uh, it's been a a real old fashioned winter, hasn't it, in so many ways? (laughs) Blanket of snow out there, but again, we go back to the fact that uh, no snow, uh, frost in the ground. So we were dry, particularly not only here, but farther south. You mentioned this uh, snowfall is uh, expected just a little bit south of us. As we moved into the southern part of the state of Minnesota, there was very, very dry, droughty conditions. So uh, this is actually appreciated at this particular time. Real interesting, we talked about this uh, You know, there's obviously food inflation out there, and a part of that is uh, the Ukraine war, where 13% of the world's calories are produced in that country, and a lot of that grain wasn't exported, so that's uh, resulted in high grain prices. And uh, we really got to have productivity or they could go quite a bit higher. So we've been pretty fortunate. We've had uh, good growing conditions, but uh, that's so much dependent upon moisture. You know, it's uh, absolutely critical, even for us, Uh, Here, where we typically have enough water, but we notice a difference certainly in our growing conditions and so many of the crops that we plant in our gardens. If we've got uh, adequate moisture, consistent moisture, we get nutrients that are delivered properly, and we get good growth and good yields. Without the moisture, it's pretty difficult, uh, really, to get high-quality yield. So I guess we never complain. Mm-hmm. Although, um, Let's see, we're coming into March. That could be another snow year, so remind me <laughs> that, never to complain about <laughs> snowy conditions. I don't know what's coming for sure.
0: Well, all the snow will melt eventually, and that's good for the soil, I guess.
1: It will, and, you know, that's the great thing about the days getting longer. Uh, you know, this does stimulate uh, green plant growth. Obviously, uh, sunlight is the big energy source, the ultimate uh, solar cell are those green plants that uh, took that solar energy and fixed it, put it into, uh, certainly into carbohydrates and other structures, and that's what uh, sustains and supports life on, on Earth here. So that was the original solar panel, those green plants, and they're responding real nicely to this increase in day length right now. Get a chance, you know, we did talk a little bit about house plants. We have a lot of interest in house plants. I hope to do a session, uh, you know, we've got a couple of gardening events coming up, one on March 8th here, uh, very close, uh, just a little over a week away at Mount Iron, and then one down in Duluth on April 15th. And uh, the one in Duluth, I'm working with one of our math gardeners to put on a session on the houseplant propagation. She does such a nice job. And uh, so I can talk about it, but uh, she and her team can hopefully uh, just show you how to do some of these things. But many of these plants, you know, they propagate very easily. But we don't want to try that in the middle of winter. Mm -hmm. Again, uh, low light is a stressor household conditions overall tend to be a little bit stressors warm temperatures dry humidities a lot of these plants uh, did in fact come from subtropical regions so they're not real happy with the low humidities. so we try to encourage a little bit more humidity in the house uh, and uh, of course good sight, and that all often means southern windows if you've got them and uh, southern followed probably by east the west and then the north is the most challenging side to grow house plants but Nonetheless, so many of these are vegetative, Dave. Uh, when you've got a vegetative plant, it doesn't require near as much uh, sunlight as something that's going to flower. Flower is kind of an excess uh, mechanism on the plant, requires a little excess uh, carbohydrate to be produced. So so many of these plants that are just strictly vegetative will do so very well on the north side, and then those that are going to uh, be producing flowers at some time uh, on the south side we had a question last week about amaryllis, and again, I want to emphasize that this is a great holiday gift. We've talked about them in the past. Uh, you typically buy a dormant bulb, and it's just like magic. Uh, most of them come potted up in a mm-hmm. in a container with a good drainage hole, and they're dry, and they're in the peat mix soil. And all you got to do is add water, and instantaneously you get a nice. A uh, vegetative stock followed by a flowering stock, then some very beautiful blo- blooms, and they tend to be multiple colors. Right now, at one time, they were strictly reds, but now the breeders have done a pretty good job, so we get some real beautiful uh, purples, magentas, some yellows. We get some uh, real nice, uh, some variations, some striped uh, flowers. So they're they're magnificent, and they last uh, maybe a week, two weeks if it's cooler where they're where they're uh, located. And then we've got these strap leaves, and the nice thing is when when I mentioned uh, the the southern exposures, this is a plant that you want to grow out after those bulbs or after the flowers have uh, emerged and when they begin to fall off, just prune off that flower stalk, and now you've got these long, lengthy strap leaves. Uh, These are the ones we want to put in the southern windows. You can move them outside after the danger of frost has passed, but for most folks, if you've got a good sunny location You want to let them grow out because if you want them to rebloom, we've got to store extra energy and extra energy requires good sunlight. So if you did receive these for the uh, holiday season and the bloom is already spent, then move them into a good sunny southern location. Let them grow out. As the day length gets a little longer, we can begin to supply a little bit of water-soluble fertility. We talked a little bit about that, where you don't want to overdo when there isn't sufficient light. But you can take a water-soluble fertilizer, I'll throw out a name brand because everyone's familiar with it, but a product like miracle Grow. there are a number of other uh, trademarked uh, fertilizers out there. These are water-solubles where you'll Typically add about a tablespoon of the mix to a gallon of water, stir it up, and then work its way through. Early in the season like this, if you're going to supply a little fertility, I would advise that people first run some clear water, uh, room-temperature water, uh, through the soil mix, let it drain out the bottom so we've got the root mass that's moist, and then we come over the top with perhaps a half-strength of one of these water-soluble fertilizers, So we'll uh, we'll start with uh, maybe a half or a teaspoon in a gallon of water and just pour that through. And then uh, maybe we're going to do that about every 10 days. Mm. As the plant begins to grow, you begin to see new growth. Uh, Then you can, in fact, increase uh, the amount of fertility. You ultimately can get up to that one tablespoon in a uh, a gallon of water. And sometimes uh, I wouldn't go under... 10 days uh, we don't want to over fertilize we want to supply just what the plant needs but once again generally advisable uh, if you've got good drainage in that container uh, to let's get some clear water in there first all fertilizers are salts regardless of what uh, their source might be whether it be organic or inorganic but these are uh, these are salt materials which uh, can be used uh, very readily picked up by the plant but we don't want any accumulation and we want to make sure there's plenty of moisture in the soil to accommodate uh, the breakdown of the fertilizer and then ultimately the uptake into the plant itself. So we're a little bit about fertility. We yeah. can start thinking about that with our house plants right now. And when you begin to see that first uh, new buds, new growth, and that will happen very soon. Then a little fertility is appropriate there.
0: All right. Let's go to the phone real quick. Bob, hi, who's this?
1: Hi, this is Don from Iron River. Go for hey, it, Don. Bob. Hello, Don. Nice to hear from you. Nobody really calls you this time of year, but kudos to you for all the advice that you've given me over the last couple of years. Well, thank you for that comment. I appreciate it. And we appreciate you as a caller for sure. And Iron River, one of my favorite places. Nice community there. Yeah, and never curse the rain. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> you get plenty, right? Okie dokie. Uh, did you
0: have a question? question? I guess not. He just wanted to appreciate you being Could
1: here, Bob. Or yeah. maybe we got. Uh, <laughs> sometimes our connections get cut off if we miss you there. Down, call back. So,
0: yeah, and when you do call, make sure you turn the radios down because you do have a little delay, and that's kind of confusing. I'm sure. Hi, who's this?
2: Hi, this is Cheryl, and I live up in French River. And my question is. I have a friend who cut my cactus plant down. It was to the ceiling, and now it looks like it's dying. What can you do
1: for me? Uh, One more time, what type of plant?
2: It's a huge cactus plant, a huge huge cactus, yes. And I've had it for probably 15 years. I repotted it a couple times. I probably needs repotting, but in the meantime, it doesn't look good.
1: Okay, uh, you know sometimes that kind of a severe cut can be really difficult for a plant. We remove most of the uh the vegetative portion of the of the plant, and then again, at this time of year, if it was done earlier, it's very low light, so the the plant's under a certain amount of stress to begin with. Anyway, so let's see what we've got. Um, do You say she cut it right down to the. Uh, well, no, satellite?
2: she cut it half down. Actually, you know the gal, but I can't really tell you. She okay. used to work at UMD, so uh, oh. that's all I can say. She knows you very yeah. well.
1: Well, I'm sure, and and she knows her business very well. If we're yes, really she does.
2: She does. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, to describe again, um, you know, cactus are going to be a little bit different, but you've got a lot of succulent material there in the stem. Uh, has, has the portion where it's cut it has that? Uh, I'm assuming it's covered up, and it's the term we use. It's it's kind of it's, got a. Uh, it's getting
2: on very it. dark, and uh, it's not green anymore. Yeah.
1: Oh, we don't have we don't have any any green at all there. Not you
2: much. Know? No, it's not kind much. Of, yeah, not much at all. So. I'm just at a loss to do what to do with it because I need to save it.
1: Yes, well, we're gonna we're gonna stay with it. That's for sure. The fact that uh, the fact that we're getting uh, longer days now, you've got a pretty good root system under there. I would hope that you might get some regrowth now, as as you know, they grow slowly. So um, uh, you know, we're gonna have to be very patient with this. Uh, they don't really require a lot of humidity, so. I'm just thinking um, you've got a good sandy soil, good uh, well-drained soil, I'm assuming, there, correct?
2: Yes, yes.
1: Okay. I wouldn't overwater. I'd make sure it has water. I think under this situation, I don't want it too warm because we burn out. We don't have a lot of green tissue, so we don't have – we're not making sugars here, so we're going to have to uh, rely on what's been stored in the the stem and in the roots to keep the plant alive. So I wanted – Cooler, but bright light. I think maybe an east window in a in a cooler room would be useful. We, I mentioned the amaryllis in the south, where we've got, but there we've got good active growth, good leaf tissue, we're producing a lot of sugars. This is going to be a little different. So I think I would look for. uh, We obviously want cooler conditions, number one, because we got to get some regrowth, and hopefully that comes from the uh, from the roots itself. Uh, I've not tried. uh, There's a technique called air layering with some of these larger plants that uh, we we like to try when we cut into the stem, but we obviously didn't do that here, and I'm not sure with cacti how they would respond to that, to be honest. Uh, Is there
2: any kind of plant food I could give it, or is that not appropriate?
1: You know, I don't think it is at this point because we we don't have green tissue there, so we're really not uh, picking it up. What we want is we want this plant to... uh, to come back to life and to regrow on its own on based on the carbohydrate that's stored, we've got to get some uh some new plant growth occurring, so I'm thinking uh let's get uh bright light but cool and yeah. let's uh let's just let the plant try to try to work on its own. I really don't know what else we can do at this particular point. Let's see if it doesn't come back slow growth, look for some growth perhaps coming from the roots right at the soil line, and then we can look at fertility and other things.
2: Okay, thank you okay. very
1: much. Hey, thanks thank for the call. Thank you very much. Appreciate the call. Yeah, it's always kind of uh always kind of tricky when we take uh when we have a very mature plant and actually uh, mature tissue like that is uh a little less prone to, to regrow quickly. So, very mature plants, uh, particularly if we have got large thick stems, we have to uh we have to be kind of cautious and careful about how we cut them back. Uh, we're better off if we can uh, maybe cut off. I always kind of advise trying to cut off a leaf or two or part of the stock and get that restarted. So in the in the event that the mother plant doesn't uh, reproduce for us, uh, we've always got these daughter plants that we've regrown some root tissue on. So that's part of uh it's it's kind of fun, you know house plants are are experiencing a resurgence, probably came again from the covid we'll call it the covid era a distant memory now hopefully yeah right where yeah where uh, people really started to focus on their indoor environments because unfortunately they had to spend a lot of time there and uh and so the interest in in house plants but uh if you've got lush green growth tissue green tissue out there, then i think uh that's the kind of tissue that can respond to daylight, and that's the kind of tissue where you can take cuttings from the leaves, take cuttings from the stems, and you can get those to regrow and give you uh, new daughter plants. And this is the ideal time to be uh, taking that kind of activity right. on, Dave.
0: we got another call coming in, but first got to take a break. Bob, be right back. More of the Bob Olin Show on KDAO. And we are back. More of the Bob Olin show. We got another call to get to Bob. Hi, who's this?
3: This is Linda from Saginaw.
0: All right, Linda, go ahead.
3: Okay, Bob, I have a question for you about onions. Uh, We like a spicy onion. I mean, there's so many sweet ones around now to plant, but we try to find something that's got a little bit of a zing to it, a (laughs) spicier one. And can you give me any varieties that grow here and, like, where to find them?
1: Wow, that is a good question because you're right. Everybody is looking for just the opposite. Exactly. (laughs) I've got a few in my roots cellar that'll bring tears to your eyes just by looking at them. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, you know. I'm going to have to look into that just a little bit for you. I wish I had a catalog in front of me because I see that's a that's a very unusual question because I'm always shopping for the the candies of the world, the wall of walls yes. of the world, those, those that are very very sweet. Yes. Um, you know what I'm going to do for you? Uh, let's get your number off air, and I will uh, I'll give you a couple of thoughts on that. Okay. That would be that, wonderful. Uh, yeah, it's such an unusual question that I'm going to have to take a little look cuz as I say most of most of my uh uh, trials and so forth have been just the opposite direction, <laughs> looking for the sweet varieties and good storage. But uh, do you start from seed yourself?
3: Uh, I, I have. I, I would do whatever I need to do. I, I like to use the um, starts, but I will definitely do seeds. I think we're. I'm just about. I would have a little bit of time yet to get seeds started. So
1: yes, yeah. you would. Yes, you would. Okay. You I can would uh, gladly ooh. do
3: that. I have one more question too, and I will. Sure. Won't give you my phone off the air yes but the other thing is my husband built a very nice pyramid um planter that I wanted to put strawberry plants in which I did and they they bore I didn't Mm -hmm. harvest any of the berries the first year but they did not winter over I covered them really well with straw but they am I trying to do something impossible or
1: well, I wouldn't say impossible, but you're absolutely right. Any time uh, uh, when you cover with straw, do you lay this down on the ground and uh, cover it that way, or how did you try to protect them?
3: I tried to protect them with putting straw right uh, into the plant or over the plants.
1: Okay. You know, my concern is we're just not going to get enough insulation that way. Okay. I think, as you described it, uh, you've got a, a Pyramidal uh, structure there, and you are you kind of growing in uh, pots or containers that are hung on that? Then no, oh, I
3: actually planted them right into the soil that I put oh. in the planter.
1: Okay, and, and uh I'll be ca- about
3: six inches of soil.
1: But in how far off the ground are these? then?
3: are um, they right they, down? They start right at ground level and go up about six feet.
1: Oh, they do grow up about six feet, and you've been training the um, you've been training the strawberries to work their way up, right?
3: Oh no, I didn't explain that right. There, they are layers of uh, boxes oh, okay. in a pyramid shape. No, I haven't done okay. any training, although that sounds interesting. Okay,
1: <laughs> okay. now <So, laughs> yeah, there are a lot of real interesting ways to grow. Particularly, when we 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 uh, start growing vertically. As a matter of fact, I'm. I might have to do a session on growing vertically because there's so much interest mm. in small space yes. gardening. How can we uh, how can we get things to grow like this? Um, I would say that the number one thing you want to do is you want to consider these to be an annual. To be honest, okay, with you. okay, As, what but, I I would, but you have to be a little careful about the varieties that you select. So you're going to look for what we call either, uh, for the most part, day neutral varieties. Okay, and, day neutral. Um, day neutral, and that means that they will. Uh, oh. We don't. Uh, we don't trigger uh the bud and the fruit formation by day length we just they're just going to trigger it as soon as they get mature, so they won't okay. produce for you they'll produce for you that first year so it'll probably be a little later in the year uh a couple of the big name uh names you want to look for is Albion is a good day neutral and evie e v i e Uh, Our good day neutral varieties, there are a couple others, Tribute, TriStar. So if you could get any one of those four varieties of day neutrals. And what you're going to do, you know, the buds in particular, flowers can be frost sensitive, so we don't want to go too early. But you want to get out there, you want to get them planted, you want to make sure, particularly coming into the month of June here when you've got a lot of day length, so you're not going to plant much before June 1, but Uh you're going to get them in. You're going to make sure they have all the fertility they need. You're going to encourage good green growth. You're going to make sure they have all the water, all the fertility. We're going to get a good plant growing. You're going to make sure that uh, they get at least a good inch or in a container, maybe even more, that uh, you might have to water. If they dry down every day, every two days, something like that, uh just stick your finger in and when it gets a yeah. little dry, make sure we get water. So we want to encourage lots of good growth and then you can maybe harvest, take off a couple of the first blooms and then you'll get uh you'll get your ever bearing strawberries a little later in the season and particularly coming into the fall. And then I think what I would do is I would just not even try to overwinter those varieties. I I would just buy new plants and do it again. Uh, They're delicious. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the way uh, a lot of strawberries are being grown at this this time, just as an annual. Uh, A little bit less hassle, start with new, clean plants and be satisfied with the yield we get a little later in the season. Does that help okay. a bit?
3: Okay, thank you very much. And You're now, very
1: welcome, and we'll take, uh, Dave, you'll take your number off, and I'll, uh, I'll find a real sharp uh, <laughs> onion for her if I can. Thank you all all right. so much.
0: All right, hold on, then I'll be right back with you, and Bob will take another break and be right back. More of the Bob Olin Show here on KDAL. And we're back. More of the Bob Olin Show here on the last day of February. Uh, we start out a new month tomorrow, Bob. And uh, I guess uh, today is National Pancake Day. I thought I'd throw that out. Only because you okay. use uh, syrup with pancakes. When are we going to get our syrup, do you figure?
1: Yeah, we got the maple, maple <laughs> flow beginning here yeah? not too long. And right. uh, that's something on a hobby basis I like to participate in myself. We usually say... Totally depends. We've got to get right. uh, warmer temperatures during the day, uh, mid-30s, so we have to thaw during the day. And then we need a bright day like this, and today's going to be a little early because it's not right. going to get warm enough. But if we got 40 degrees and then we drop down below zero into uh, 10, 15 or 20 degrees, it's that combination. And that can occur at any time from, uh, <laughs> you say, early March in a warm year. <laughs> Most typically, I think, uh, the last couple weeks in March and into, into early April is when we get those conditions, and then, of course, you got to collect all the syrup, sap rather, from the trees, and it's about a 40 to 1 reduction, mm-hmm. where you've got to uh, boil most of that water off and for the home uh, surper, sir, uh, that means just uh, a lot of firewood that's going in there. They have other ways. The commercial folks have got ways of uh, actually extracting that water uh, by dropping the pressure, so they can pull the water off quite a bit faster, and they don't have to use so much uh, mm. uh, either wood or fuel to, to drive that uh, that water off. But uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's uh, you know we are at that um, that uh, line between the conifers on the north side of this line that goes through Duluth. Just about in the south side, uh, where we've got maples, and of course along the uh, the north shore, there a nice maple forest, and then down, of course, around the lake over in the Bayfield County, some beautiful maples. So we we do have a nice resource there. But It'll be a little just, while yet. We're a little early yeah. on it. Yes. All
0: right. Let's get to the phone again. We got another call. Hi, who's this?
4: Mary Jo.
1: Okay,
0: Mary Joe, go ahead.
4: Well, can we go Hi back? To Amaryllis? Uh, sure. Mine isn't planted in uh, in uh, soil. It's like fine gravel.
1: Oh, okay. Do do
4: different with that.
1: Okay, uh, with a with a gravel like that. And let me ask you real quickly. A long strap with green leaves growing right now.
4: <laughs> yes, the longest one is about 21 inches. Wow. Uh, the shortest the one... is 10 and. It's amazing how fast they grow. Grew.
1: They are fast growers, and they—wouldn't uh, you agree? They're fun plants. They're—they're they're well, just fun yeah, plants because they grow. Yeah. It
4: was my first amaryllis, and it was the most gorgeous thing. The first time it bloomed, it had six flowers, and they were large. Nice. The second nice. time, shortly after, was only five, but. Uh,
1: Wonderful, wonderful.
4: Experience, but this grass—I've never (laughs) seen that. uh...
1: Yes, you know. Now, once again, the the way they can get away with this, of course, is these are bulbs that were grown typically out in the field, and all of that bloom was stored the previous year under good growing conditions uh, the flower itself was stored in the bulb and then all you do is add water so we really didn't need a lot of nutrient uh, because all of that energy and the f- potential for the flower it was uh, stored there the previous year and add water and it's kind of like an instant mix there and you get that beautiful flower but now to get it to rebloom, you've got a gravel mix if it is just straight gravel Uh, then you're going to have to just be a little bit more careful about the amount of fertility that you add. So you're going to use, again, a water-soluble fertilizer. And you've got green growth. We've got good sun, particularly on a day like this. Look for a sunny window. And I always advise people with these fertilizers, uh, let's, uh, let's flush it with water first. If it's gravel, the water's gonna right on, run right on through. Now, if we have a heavy soil, like a clay soil in that pot, or if we don't have good drainage, then the water accumulates and we get good rot. So, or we get root rot. So you want to be careful about how much water you add. But here we got gravel, drain hole, flush it once with room temperature water. And then again, I would start with maybe a water-soluble fertilizer. You're going to use this granular powder, about half a tablespoon in a gallon of water. And then I would just pour that through. And then maybe on that half-strength about every week, you should be getting new growth. But you're going to have to be conscious of of fertilizing that plant that won't have much reservoir that comes out of the soil, so you're going to have to supply it. You might even uh, go to – got a good sponsor here. You might even go and talk to them about a water-soluble fertilizer that they ha- stock that has – nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, as well as trace nutrients. So uh, get them to spin the package around, or you could do the same thing. Read the label and look for uh, trace nutrients as well as uh, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Because you've got gravel, in most situations, if we've got particularly a mineral soil component, we'll have all the trace nutrients we need, and the NPK is going to be sufficient. But we do have uh, water solubles out there that do supply the trace nutrients as well as the big three, and that's what you really want to look for. And you can call a couple places and just ask them, uh, tell them your situation. You need trace as well as nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Get yourself a good fertilizer. Keep it going. Water first, and uh, uh, we're going to get that in the rebulb for you and should give you uh, uh, beautiful flowers, hopefully for several years to come. Okay? Mm -hmm. Well,
4: I guess my only problem is how do I do this fresh? This is planted in a glass container, so there's no...
1: okay. See, it was demonstrated. It was put together. You're right. And uh, that was actually designed for kind of like one-time use. (laughs) So what you're going to do is you're going to have to take... I would take it out of that glass container, and I would... uh, you have an opportunity, and there will be a little bit of shock that goes along with this, but uh, I'm afraid that uh, it's going to have a whole lot of trouble uh, just in the gravel and something we can't run any any water through. So I would take the risk. I would lift it, take it out of that glass container. I'd get just a, a regular pot. I'd get a good uh, uh, balanced potting soil mix, and I would repot it. Now there's going to be shock, so you want, you don't want it in the full sun right away. You want to put it in a... Uh, shaded area in the house and just let that plant recover for a couple of weeks from that transplant shock. Then you're going to be good to go where you can supply some fertility and you can get some water that will run through the mix. And you'll also get some fertility from that potting soil mix. So you're going to be better off. So I think I would be lifting that up myself because I think that was designed for decorative purposes. It did its job, but probably one time use. Okay. Okay.
0: Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 951. We'll take another break and be right back. More of the Bob Olin Show. And we're back. Final portion of the Bob Olin Show here on a Tuesday, Bob.
1: Yeah, I thought, you know, we we had some interesting uh, calls here today. Uh, You know, I want to touch on a couple things real quickly if Mm -hmm. I can stay concentrated Plenty of time, you bet. Okay, good. I want to go back to onions real uh, quickly Mm -hmm. here because if you do want to start from seed, And the seed's very inexpensive. The expense of going with uh, growing out onion transplants is you have to start this early. They grow very slowly. Uh, They don't require a lot of warm growing conditions. So I think they're an option for people to try in the house. And We've obviously got a number of people that are doing that. As I mentioned from a previous call, they were looking for a real sharp onion. Most people are looking for a sweet onion for their salads or for an (laughs) onion that that has good quality storage potential. So one of the nice things about starting from seed is you have a – uh, a great uh, large number of varieties that you can pick from. We had a caller a week or two ago on uh, that suggested Red Carpet was the variety that they were happy with. Red Carpet is a red variety. Uh, I like, you know, we've got uh, yellows, reds, and white varieties. And uh, then we've got, uh, you always want to, we're so far north, you want to just grow out those long day varieties for the most part. We have one exception, an intermediate day that's been good for us, but a long-day variety, as the days get very, very long, uh, these onions will bulb up. Short-day varieties, they require a short day to bulb. They grow those down in Texas and farther south. So we're looking for long-day varieties. Most people want sweet varieties. So uh, I'll give you a few names here. Uh, for a salad onion, uh, something like candy always works great. Yellow and white sweet Spanish work, work great. Uh, they're relatively mild as well. Uh, the walla walla. People are looking for the Valdelias, you know, that come out of Valdelia, Georgia. That's a short day onion, so you're not going to be planting Valdelias, even if you can get the seed and you can get it, obviously. But you don't want to plant a Valdelia if you want that real large, nice, uh, sweet bulb. But Walla Walla is a variety that you want to, uh, want to look for there. They're very, very nice. We got one called Ilza Craig. Which gives you the great uh, big large varieties. But these are going to be very mild. They're going to be a wonderful salad onion, but they uh, they will not keep very long. So the the, the trade off is uh, if you want a fall keeping onion, you want to keep something for storage. Uh, then you want to plant. We had a variety called Copra, which was a standard COPRA. Some of the seed is still available. Uh, it's harder to find for some reason. The maize seed production was a little low there. So last year I looked in for other storage varieties and found one called Patterson. So we got Patterson Park over here. You can think about that. I don't know if the spelling is exactly the same, but uh Patterson is a uh, remarkably good storage variety. More uh, many of the storage varieties are going to be just a little bit sharper. So if you want a sharp variety, I would start to, even to put on your salad. I would look at some of the storage varieties. Then we got a couple that are in the trade that. Uh, might be extremely sharp and for our previous call i'm going to look for a couple of those ah. for her. but uh <laughs> i would say uh plant a few of them uh you can get transplants from your uh many local greenhouses it's good it's going to be the smaller ones the mall and paws typically because they're the only ones that want to start this early it's very expensive to start a house up with temperatures this cold and they don't like to you know the onions have to go in so early a lot of them don't plant them they're going to plant the uh certainly the tomatoes and peppers and other things which we can delay the uh starting a house for before but if you buy the transplants that's great if you want to start your own from seed you seed them out uh, you provide water to them they're going to grow very slowly but because we started so early, when they get about, that top gets about five inches in length, you give it a haircut with a scissors. You're going to actually cut it back so it doesn't get too long and leggy. And then you let them grow out, and you're going to be transplanting those out um, about the first week in May if you can. But we've got uh, quite a bit of time there we can plant through the entire month of May. Fun okay. crop to grow shallow-rooted. Make sure you got plenty of water for them and water regularly. Get your weeds under control, and we can get some very, very nice onions. So, well, we'll see. We've so got
0: we- a quick question here, Bob. Go ahead. Okay. Are you there?
4: I missed that one. I have. I am. Okay. Uh, Bob, I received a amaryllis potted in a plant or in a pot with the dirt, with the soil, and it said to water it thoroughly when you first received it. Okay, I did that, and now it's about 12 14 inches tall and I can tell the soil is really dry and I don't know how much to water it uh,
1: as long as the soil uh, does it have a hole in the bottom of the container as well?
4: right yes yes
1: and we've got a lighter soil i would uh, I wouldn't let it go dry. I would water uh, relatively frequently, maybe uh, at least weekly yeah uh, you don't oh, run too really? much okay. in risk. Yeah, you don't run too much of a risk overwatering because the extra water is going to drain through. But there is a risk if it gets too dry and we start to dry some of those roots off. So in this case, because you've got a light soil and the water is going to drain through, as long as the water is coming out the bottom, go ahead and uh, it's probably better to overwater than to let it get too dry. So about maybe maybe weekly, depending on the growth rate and the size of the uh, container. All right. Very good. Thank so you. I would definitely get some water to it right now. Dave, we're gonna we're gonna uh, work our way around the onions a little bit. I want to mention the program uh, <laughs> yep. one week from tomorrow, Mount Iron. That's just west of Virginia. Uh, we've got a good day coming there. We're gonna we've got a full program talking about everything from soil fertility, but uh, I'm gonna do a little bit on growing uh, some of these new colored uh, cauliflowers. Color cauliflowers. We've got. Uh, three other people are joining us talking about getting flowers into the landscape, growing Irish potatoes, sweet potatoes. We're just going to have a, a good day. But if that doesn't work for people, May eighth uh, in the Greater Duluth area, April fifteenth will be our spring gardening extravaganza, and they'll be able to pick up some of these topics plus a whole lot of additional topics. That one's going to feature uh, growing your northern cottage garden. I'm having a lot of fun putting that one together. As a matter of fact, working with a landscape architect that's going to be one of our keynoters. Got a meeting with him today on this concept of a cottage garden. Uh, More
0: info next uh, week, Bob. we got to run. Absolutely. Talk to you then. All right. Next Tuesday, another Bob Olin show here on KDAL.